All right. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Jason, and I'm the director of City Groups at City Light here in Lincoln, Nebraska. And uh, my hope is that this podcast will be used to train and equip our city group leaders to accomplish our church's vision, which is to see God grow a movement of disciples who multiply disciples in our networks, the next generations, new cities, and around the world. Hey, city group leaders. Last episode, I laid the foundation for city groups. We talked about how the purpose of city group is to make disciples who make disciples. And then I also went into a deeper dive of what discipleship truly is. In this episode, I'm going to begin explaining how we're going to accomplish the task of making disciples who make disciples. So a bit of a tall order, but uh, I'm going to take a stab at it. So here we go. In order to make disciples who make disciples, we need a structure for each of our city groups to accomplish this task. Now, depending on your individual style or your experience with organizational structures, I'm assuming you either puked a little in your mouth or exhaled with relief when I said that we need structures to accomplish the task of making disciples within our city groups. But before you come to any conclusions, just give me a second to further explain what I mean by structures. So let me explain this first by asking a question. Here it is. So how can a group of people who have different beliefs, different upbringings, different baggage, different genders, different socioeconomic backgrounds, and all the other inevitable differences that we all have, how can we all come together in a group and move in a unified direction? And furthermore, think about this, like how could we be also not only excited to attend the group ourselves, but be so bought into this that we would invite other people, other friends of ours perhaps, who also might not share the same values or beliefs either. In my opinion, from what the world offers, I don't think there's a singular group that can offer unity for these differences. There's literally nothing this world offers that will bring unity for these differences because everything is subjective. And honestly, most people, really when it comes down to it, they just care about themselves. But I'd say this is the beautiful thing about God. He didn't leave us lost in our confusion, chaos, selfishness, and all the other crap that we really bring to the table. But thankfully, he gave us his word. He gave us the Bible to lead us to the truth, which ultimately leads us to repentance, forgiveness, freedom. And when these characteristics begin to shape our lives, the differences I mentioned earlier begin to fade away through the transformative work of the Spirit, and unity begins to occur. So with that said, the truths of the Bible are the foundation of every city group. In other words, to make disciples, every city group will be using the Bible as a primary source of information that we're going to be studying. Now, going back to the structure I was talking about earlier, there are two structures that our city groups use. So first off, the first structure that we use, it's kind of like the overall game plan for a night when we're studying the Word of God. So this structure is called the three-thirds method. In case you didn't get it from the title, uh, there are three parts to every night. The first part focuses on looking back. The second part's looking up. And then the last part's looking forward. In the next podcast, I will explain more about the first and the last part of the gathering. But for this podcast, we're going to focus mainly just on the middle part of the meeting. So again, if you hear me say the three-thirds method, I'm just simply talking about the structure we use to organize the gathering. Okay, so now the second part. The second structure that we're using is called the Discovery Bible Study. This tool for studying the Bible, it's used all over the world, and in many cases it's used in places where the gospel is just beginning to take root, and people groups who have, until now, they've never really heard the good news of the gospel. So that's pretty cool. 
So the structure is very simple. It's easy to replicate, which is part of the reason why a lot of church planning movements have occurred because of this tool. Uh, and we've chosen to use this study because of pretty much some of the very same reasons. It's simple to use, points people to the truths of God's word. It provides a simple hermeneutical structure for understanding the gospel by asking questions about God and mankind. And lastly, it's easy to replicate, which again points to multiplication. So again, as I said earlier in this podcast, I'm just going to be focusing on the middle portion of what a city group gathering could look like while you're studying the Bible. So I'm going to just quickly show it to you. So here's how the discovery Bible study portion of the gathering looks. I'll provide you with the bones and you can kind of put your own skin on it. Uh, so first thing you do is you have everybody open up their Bibles and have somebody read the passage. Pretty simple there. Then after that, tell everybody, hey, close your eyes, look down, whatever. Just really listen, and you're going to have one more person read the passage again. But I, one of the things I like to do is have them read it in a different translation. So you may have started with ESV or NASB or something like that. And then the next time, have somebody read it in like New Living Translation, just because it's, it's different and sometimes it's easier uh, for people to understand. After you do that, ask if anybody needs any words to be defined or explained. Because remember, not everyone knows as much as you may think. This is part of discovering. And I actually really enjoy this because you might have somebody that just asks a question like, what is a Pharisee? I don't even know what a Pharisee is. And then you can, again, you're a facilitator. You don't have to have all the answers. You ask the group, hey, does anybody know a uh, what a, not facilitators, <laughs> does anybody know uh, what a Pharisee is? And see if they know. And if they don't know, that's something too that you could say, hey, uh, if, if, if it says within the passage, like go to the passage, go after it within the passage, but don't let it take you off a super far uh, bunny trail. Maybe something where you say, hey, let's see if as we talk about this, if it gets explained. If not, maybe that's homework for this week to study that and come back and talk about it. Um, after this, ask if someone in your group would give a summary of the passage in their own words. So again, you read it twice, ask if there's any questions uh, of just specific words, not context, just words. Uh, and then you just ask, would somebody be willing to give a summary in their own words? Have somebody try, try their best, right? And then you just ask, is there anybody else that would like to add anything to it as well? Sometimes this part, people like to jump in and really start already like pulling it apart. Don't let that happen. Stay on the summary, stay on a high level, because we're going to get into that next part here in a second. After you do that, this has got every, everybody's kind of got their minds thinking, they're thinking about it holistically. Now we're going to start diving in. First question you're going to ask is this, what does this passage tell us about God? Pretty simple, right? But it's kind of like a bucket essentially to work with. Like you could go all over the place within the passage about what it says about God, um, but just kind of stay in that bucket. There might be some tiny rabbit trails and stuff that you go on, but just kind of stick in that. Like another great question to ask as it relates to God is, is there a promise to claim? Is there something that God tells us that we can kind of take to the bank? Next, what does this passage tell us about man? Here's the next bucket. What does it say about man? Is there a sin to avoid? That's another one. But this really helps us reflect on who we are. So again, remember, since this is a discovery Bible study, when you ask these questions, you need to allow enough silence after a question for people to truly begin to discover things. Uh, discovering things takes a different amount of time for different people and awkward silence. It's absolutely necessary. And uh, this took me a while to grow in, but I'm, I'm still growing in it, honestly. But I've realized that if you push it too fast, you don't give a lot of people enough time to discover and there are those who think fast and they're going to get it, but allow time for those who need to process to process. 
After those two questions, we move on to the next part of the study, which gives everyone the chance to share how they're going to be obedient to the passage that we just studied. However, this moves to the last part of the night, and since this episode is only focusing on the middle portion of the night, you guys are going to have to wait until the next episode to hear more about the next part. Okay, so there it is. This is how you do the Discovery Bible Study. Pretty simple. Uh, For all the leaders, facilitators, hosts, and whoever else is listening to this podcast, I hope that you now not only understand the purpose of a city group, but are also feeling maybe a little bit more equipped on how to lead one. Uh, Yes, I I do understand. I've only shared like one third of the gathering, so you may not be feeling super equipped, but trust me, this was the most difficult part to learn. In the next episode, I will do my best to equip you with the tools and the know-how to knock the first and the last part of the gathering out of the park. All right. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace.